0: You've joined the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla McKinney. I consult with leaders around the globe and bring their teams through a digital transformation journey. Realizing digital transformation across an entire organization is key to business success. While the phrase digital transformation is often used, it's not always understood. So we start each episode with my brief working definition. Digital transformation refers to the purposeful integration of digital technology into all areas of a business. It goes beyond technological innovations in that it requires a fundamental mindset shift of how to operate internally and deliver maximum value to customers at scale. When done well, it results in a culture change to an environment where opportunities for digital technology are not missed but are thoughtfully used to change established practices and processes for greater efficiency, flexibility, and profitability. You'll hear from consultants, trainers, executives, innovators, and thought leaders. We will avoid buzzwords, jargon, and leave behind our egos to help you take that next step toward digital transformation success. Let's dive in. I have with me today, one of my colleagues and friends, Mike Garrison, he is the founder of Values-Based Mindset and Strategic Social Selling Consultant with the LA Ignite, like me. So we talk an awful lot, and I brought him on the show specifically because he has this phrase that I love. It is integrate for effect. Let's just kind of let that sit with us for a minute. He talks a lot about how do we integrate for effect when we're talking about our online and our offline efforts and so i wanted to bring him on the show because i think it's a very good topic about how digital transformation is not just the emphasis on digital but it's a transformation this has to be a human thing and it's not just about technology it's not just about putting more uh technology or apps or you know uh uh, platforms or all this you know computer stuff it's not about the automation It's about the beautiful marriage between online and offline and the technology with the way we change our mindset. So, Mike, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm like the little DLA. (laughs) You're the big dog. I want to be like Priscilla. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, um, I'm just gonna tell you right now this phrase that you use really got me thinking. And I so appreciate the, just the the exchange of information we have amongst the colleagues. Obviously, we go to market, we're you know transforming teams globally. How do we bring a whole group together and, and activate you know digital transformation across an entire organization? It's tough. What we do is tough, right? Because it's changing humans.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hopefully wanting to change humans.
0: Right, (laughs) exactly. But let's start here about, I love this phrase that you talk about. It's like, how are we going to go about integrating our offline and our online social um, uh, efforts and integrating them for effect? What do you mean by that?
1: So um, if you'll forgive me, I'm gonna tell you a little bit of a quick backstory. So I have been coaching and training writing and speaking for almost 30 years and most of that has been done in the referral space how do we get people to predict referrals anecdotally like in the analog world and my dad died really badly of cancer four years ago and i kind of had a midlife crisis and i was like is any of the the stuff that i've been talking about worth anything right because it was mainly about technique and um out of that values-based mindset came, and and I had this belief based upon decades of coaching. So I come at this from a coaching consulting perspective, not an advertising, because I suck at it. Um, <laughs> perspective. You know, I'm a, I'm a relationship guy, and and I, I said, so why don't people successfully work systems that are proven? So like at DLA, we have the Social Selling Influence Course. This thing has been tested and vetted across all kinds of industries, we know the process works. Why are people successful? Well, I've been coaching for 20 years on the emotional side. Mm-hmm. So the reason people don't successfully digitally transform is because they're not emotionally connected via their values to the process. So they're, they're logically connected. Oh, I wanna make more money. Oh, I want a bigger pipeline. But that's not what keeps people from succeeding. If you coach for a living, you know, it's the emotional stuff, distractions, adversity, all these things that really keep people from performing at a high level, because here's the secret of being a great coach, have great athletes. <laughs> I love it. Right. I mean, because yeah. like, it's its not about whether or not the athlete will do the work. It's about, do they believe mm-hmm. that it will work? Do they will? Do they believe that there'll be somebody better at the end of the process? And so that's when I started thinking, integrate for effect. Because most of the clients that I work with are relationship-based um, financial advisors, planners, or small businesses. And, and they're already getting a ton of referrals because of doing good work. And when they look at social media, they're afraid of it. They don't know how to emotionally connect to it. It's like, so they fight digital transformation with jujitsu. I mean, (laughs) I'm sure you've never experienced that.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, there's never been a difficult person in one of my classes. Are you kidding? I call them hostages. (laughs) Okay, well, a couple of things you touched on there. First of all, you're right. People need to be teachable or in your world, coachable, right? So there has to be a willingness to transform. Right? We do. I know that you and I both do love it. Like uh, I remember when I first started, you know, teaching uh, digital transformation and I had the first person in the cohort who went, oh, and when I watched that aha moment, I thought, man, I'm, I'm hooked like this. I am going to do this for the rest of my life, <laughs> you know, because they finally it's like you. It doesn't mean anything to you until it means something to you. Right. And it, that happens for everybody at a different place. So I love what you're saying It that they're teachable and coachable. That's what makes a difference. But can I extrapolate something a little deeper uh, from what you just said? And I to see if this plays right with you with your experience. Sure. So I could extrapolate from what you said that really, there are some people who know how to be successful in business in person but they have now gone online out of necessity and also maybe out of foresight right (laughs) and really and we would say hindsight because look this is not the future of work this is the past of work we all had to be online even before COVID. but this idea that they were successful in person and they had a system for it but yet then they go online and now they don't have a system to be successful there it's like they disconnect so they can be emotionally invested and emotionally present when they're at a cocktail party or when they're talking with someone. But then when it goes online, it's like, it's almost like they bring a different persona there or they show up weirdly. Tell me more about that.
1: You promised an intro. We weren't going to do buzzwords. So I'm not going to say authenticity. (laughs) That's why I talk about integrating on and offline because when you, when you coach for, for performance, you become very interested in what resources a client can bring to bear on any new initiative. And so so a social or digital transformation process, whether you're working with an individual or like the company I was talking to this morning, there has to be a consultative aspect to that process where you integrate what they know is working now. I don't come in and I know you don't come in looking to put advertising on a pitchfork and then burn it, right? Right. But, like, hey, what, like, I want to know what I shouldn't break. And so, these people that have, through necessity or experience, become successful personally have been infected or distracted or confused that they have to be something different online. And that, my friend Priscilla, is the big fight. I was just talking to a national sales director at a very successful company that is killing it. And he knows, he knows that their current systems aren't going to scale. He knows it's not going to work, that it's too linear, but he's afraid. Mike, I tried social. And I said, I saw, I saw, (laughs) he's like, yeah, it sucked. I go, it sucked because you didn't have a system and because you weren't emotionally connected Mm -hmm. to that system as being a valid use of your life. Mm. This is interesting. We're always human beings. And we have to remember that as leaders, we have to connect to the human beings like Jocko Willink in his great book, The Dichotomy of Leadership, talks about the fact that when you lead troops into combat, there are two things that have to occur that are a dichotomy. Number one, they have to know you care for them as a human being. And then two, you have to then send them into harm's way. You have to knowingly commit to the mission. And so that's the dichotomy that I think is what a lot of these people are struggling with is, is they they think that social's different. And you and I know it's not, but but that that's the big fear.
0: Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to take that even further here. I really believe this last decade for business world, I would define it as the rise of the human. So this is really what is happening. Consumer behavior is changing, right? People are demanding more real interactions. The consumers are in the driver's seat and brands know it right? Thank God. Thank they God. are, yeah, they are dictating what is going on. They are walking away from people who have, like you say, inauthentic messages and things that just aren't even integrated with their values. Like you can smell it a mile away, right? Salesy pitches and, and, you know, and, and, and gross values really, you know? And so this rise of the human means that What's interesting is that it has been coupled with a rise of so much great technology. But if you look at what we've tried to do from AI, from social to customer service, CX, UX, all these things, the, 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 the convergence of those two means that all of the technology, we're trying to make it more human, more personalized, right? And even to the point where, you know, like we'll build websites and I don't make a 404 page that says, uh, this is an error page, you know, we'll do something that's very brand funny, like, um, you know, Obviously, you know you got to the wrong place. What are we gonna do? You know, and something oh, that gosh. feels it feels human. You know, and you go, oh, okay, I'm not just out here interacting with a computer, a right?
1: Website, a website that's enjoyable for the yeah. person visiting. No, come on. But,
0: but, and even if you think about chatbots, like we, you know, we this is so funny. I know I'm gonna tell on myself as an ad company, but you know, we create chatbots um, so that we can automate some things, some customer service. Hey, where's what's your address? Where are you at? You know, think about Facebook. So. I think just as an example, I put that on Facebook and put a little chat bot so someone can ask a quick question and you don't have to wait for a human to answer what our address is, right? But what's so funny is as the chatbots get more complicated for our clients, we even make the chatbots do the little dot, 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 like as if it's thinking, like as if it's a person who's writing, because we know that the experience on the other side is a humanizing experience when that is happening. And so what you're saying, what I hear you saying, and what I think you and I just have so much in common is this, if how you show up as a human offline, as a salesperson, as a CEO, as a consultant. You've got to show up the same way online.
1: That's so freaking awesome! I love that. So I, I would say. So I had an interesting conversation in my DMs the other night. I'm sure this has never happened to you or anybody in your audience. I got this DM from somebody who's going to help me understand social selling.
0: Oh, oh no, <laughs> wrong guy. <laughs>
1: right? and, and then, and then there, it was the same thing as like, and I want to, I want you to understand the power referrals, right? And I'm like. Really? So bestselling author on referrals.
0: I actually literally wrote the book on that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Whatever.
1: I said, okay, cool. I, so I responded back and usually I just delete. I responded back and said, Hey, it's completely obvious to me that you have not looked at my profile and you're using automation to spam, to see who's here. Well, I'm here and I'm not interested. <laughs> right. And so I got back this response from him and, and it was it, like, I haven't deleted it yet. Cause it was like, it was truthful. He goes, you're right. I you, I do use automation. I never looked at your profile. But now that I have looked at your profile, you're somebody I'd love to partner with. Do you <laughs> think we can get past this? And my response is no. <laughs> and this would be really cool to get your view on this. So I'm asking you, I'm, I'm not taking over, but I'm asking you like automation for me is generally used incorrectly because we're looking for linear effect. Mm-hmm. We're, we're looking for... Who's awake? Who can I spam? Who can I pitch? And we've forgotten that it's social media. And I and I always say this is my test. Would you walk into a room full of important people? Right? Half of which their their perception of your behavior is very important to you. And would you just cold pitch everyone you didn't know? Like just walk up to them, knowing nothing about them and just cold pitch them on your service. If you would. Like you need to purchase more technology and more automation. And you need to hire people like Priscilla to help you be human enough. Like I'm I'm just now I'm predicating all this that they actually do good work, right? (laughs) But there are people out there that shouldn't be on social. Right. Their company and their culture doesn't make it a good fit. And thank God there are other ways for you to get market share and to do things. But if you're gonna be on social, you better integrate good behavior offline Mm -hmm. into good behavior online. And you can do it at scale. And this is what's so cool about what you do.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, this is interesting because you and I just talked about a post I made uh, yesterday about how I dropped my First child off at college. And a lot of people have these things like you can't be, you know, tell me a personal story on LinkedIn. I'm like, I'm sorry, did you write the rules? I'm sorry, I didn't know there was a rule book. <laughs> like, i tell you what, um, I, you know, am a human and I'm going to decide how I live my life. <laughs> so,
1: Damn right. Right.
0: <laughs> so of course you know I'm a thought leader in the market research and marketing world of course I talk about things that I think are very helpful to people like have you thought about this or have you thought about- of course it's a natural course but guess what I dropped my daughter off at school and that's all I'm thinking about today and so I'm just asking all of my colleagues please just be nice to me because this was
1: hard <laughs> and exactly. you and I talked
0: about this message but no joke it has 11,000 views
1: I'm going to do something real quick I'm popping on LinkedIn but
0: Okay.
1: there's something that you know about me that perhaps your listeners don't know about me. And it's that I'm the parent of a severely disabled 18 year old and it almost destroyed me. And so my most successful social media post ever was a post about a really tough thing, which is my son turning 18 and having to take away his rights and and things like that. And uh, I'm pulling up and the only reason I'm pulling up is is not to to show off, but like, I'm not that good at this stuff. And I think I've gotten over 40,000 views on it.
0: Right. Right. But see, the thing is, people don't understand. It's like, first of all, you, you and I agree, it's not a numbers game. It's not about that. But what that tells us, what the numbers do tell us is that people want us to show up as who we are. Now that doesn't, that doesn't diminish Um, or really augment my skills, it's not about that. It's just rounding me out as a person. And I have to, my skills have to stand for themselves. The marketer that I am, the social influencer that I am on LinkedIn, like that has to stand for itself. People aren't gonna come to me just because they like my post about my daughter. But the fact that I hold my agency in a certain way and know what I am and what I stand for, then it opens people's ears to what I have to say as a person that is professional.
1: I have an expression and I've got a commendation for you. Okay. One of my expressions is like, it's the age of the consumer, like, and they're going to find out who you really are. Mm -hmm. Right. They really are. Right. And so I always say, what's more ethical, let, let them find out who you are before they pay you or after. And when you think oh about, this, that is
0: great, Mike, that is great.
1: This is the linear versus residual mindset. I'm a values-based mindset person. It starts with roles, values, gifts, habits, and then resources. And we take people through explicitly connecting their values personally and corporately into everything they do, and we call it the red pill. And if you've watched The Matrix, the red pill was truth, but re- what did Morpheus promise him? All I'm promising you is the truth, mm-hmm. right? And so that's kind of where I come from. So here's my thing, right? You were, and I supported you. You were very frank last year about things that were occurring in the culture, and about where you stood personally. That drew me closer to you, and I agreed with you. But it, it would like I don't like I don't require people I'm interested in to to reflect me. But I was like, oh, Priscilla, yes. This is a real human being. I already knew that. But but you know, this is this is somebody who's going to speak, who's going to be authentic. I don't think you lost a lot of business by being authentic, did you?
0: Well, let me put it this way. If I did, that's business I had no desire to have. Now,
1: I, I recall you saying that, actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my, my... But
1: that's my <laughs> Thank point. You. Is,
0: Thank you for walking through my filter. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's a lie mm-hmm. that exists out there. And the lie is... That everyone wants to buy from you, and it's a lie because not everybody does. You know, I'm a veteran, I own guns, you know, I'm a mountain biker, I'm a Christian. There's all kinds of reasons not to like me, Mm -hmm. and I am absolutely committed to making sure that I don't take money from people that would regret paying me, right? I mean, that for me is an abomination. So, instead, the other truth is. There's lots of people that would love to buy, from, unless you're a complete douche. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just thinking of notable examples in but there's, there's, and, and they still make money. There's lots of people out there that want to buy from Little Bird Marketing that want to know Priscilla, right? And but those people have got to find us, and that's what I think is so important because one of the things that I see happening in the social selling space is a demonization of marketing. And some of that is deserved when like there's no accountability for results. But like let me ask you, like what's more attractive, a company that's committed to a interpersonal human culture with great design to make it even better or a company that isn't?
0: Well, I I couldn't agree with you more here because it's like the dichotomy. People try and make it too simple. Oh, people kind of poo-poo, you know, marketing and advertising because people have said, "Oh, we're just gonna shove this down someone's throat, and um, and the salespeople don't have to get involved. It's all marketing's fault. Like the marketing has to drive everything, and that becomes very dehumanized." And, it, and that does not work by itself. On the other side, if you have marketing working super great, but your people are not digitally transformed and cannot interact in a human way with your marketing... Well, where's the marketing going to go? There's such a limit, right? And so, but you could have your people working, but those people may be, you know, saying to you, yeah, I'm out here doing, I'm like the Lone Ranger, you know, but there's no marketing support for me. Like there's no hub I can bring them to. There's no, there's no help with automating some stuff once I come out there and be real. So to me, it's about a syncing up of those two worlds, quit being a jerk in marketing and quit being a jerk on social in your personal life. So it's the no jerk, you know,
1: philosophy. <laughs> well, that, That's that integrate for effect.
0: Oh, you're so right. We come right back to the beginning here, integrate for effect. Let me take you one step further because I want to pick your brain. I think what would be really helpful for my audience is if we ended on this idea of why are we integrating for effect this? Like, why do we want this to come together? Because you and I have gone down this cha- tangent of, okay, this is about using, we need some automation, but we have to be human in automation. How can we like make that balance? But let's talk about where you really live and how you bring your business clients through this idea of getting really to the point of having a system, a firm and sustainable lead generation system that works. So we know it's not necessarily a numbers game, but you do have to have, you have to be visible. You have to have numbers, but it's this complex balance between the two. So what do you have to say to people about forecasting and about creating really these great systems?
1: So, so like, I always say I'm not a -a rent-a-friend. That's why I don't market myself as a life coach. Like I'm a business coach. (laughs) (laughs) And so data is only as valid as its accuracy, right? And its depth. And so one, one of the challenges with a lot of people when they forecast is they aren't looking and I'm just going to pitch social here. Like, I don't know any other form of marketing that offers me more immediate and powerful metrics. And I, I think you need to integrate measurements that I have within, because within social, for example, on that post, when I, when I, when I write posts, I, um, I always think they're amazing because I'm a narcissist. But other than that, you know, all I care about is is my target market of financial advisors, financial planners, small business owners, are they reacting to my post? Like views are cool.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: care. Mm-hmm. I like I, I do care because I know about the, the ripple effect, but mm-hmm. like I had over a hundred people. In my target market, react to that post about my 18th son's birthday party and special needs and all that. I had a hundred people in my target market mm-hmm. say, "Hey, I want to talk." Right. By reacting, and so that's what I would say. The way that you predict, right? And I, I go through this every time with my clients right now, and I'm like, "Okay, so what numbers do we need to hit next year?" This is going to sound so much like conversation. Do you have Priscilla tonight? <laughs> and they're like, "Da da da da." I said, "Great. Where are we going to get that from?" Mm-hmm. And they start talking about tactics. Well, da, da, da. I said, no, no, no. I said, what people and what companies by name are you going to have buy your products and services next year to hit that number? And they always go, they squirm. And I said, yeah, it's not. Doesn't feel good, does it? <laughs> I said, you can't forecast shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because <laughs> all you get is
0: More shit. (laughs) Right. So,
1: So, this is forecasting, whether you're an individual advisor or salesperson, or whether you're running Microsoft. Forecasting is about this is our target market. These are the accounts, these are the individuals you have to get to stone cold data, which are human beings and companies. And then, once you've got the target, it's much easier than shooting the arrow up in the air and just hoping that you hit a deer. You know, generally not productive. Does that help? Is that yeah?
0: It really does, and I'm going to kind of tie it together for my audience. Just for example, what what Mike's talking about is, you know, I could say I want to work with XYZ company all I want, but if I go out and I just start broadcasting, you know, blah blah blah, I'm just like I'm just you know just barking at people, right? That is not going to get me XYZ company now. What if I go out and I actually connect with 50 different employees at XYZ company, right? And then I don't bark. Maybe I actually, instead of expecting them to read my posts, what if I read their posts?
1: Hold on now. now.
0: (laughs) And what if I went over and was a human and started conversations where they wanted to start conversations, right? So this is where technology doesn't even matter. We're both, I'm using social and someone else is like, well, I tried social. We're not using it the same. I guarantee you.
1: I'm I'm raising my hands. So so here's my favorite. Here's another garrisonism. You ready? Okay. I'm good. I once did this training and I have so many garrisonisms. They wrote every, all of my little catchphrases on this basketball and gave it to me. It was horrible. There's like 80 of them. (laughs) If you wanted to look at the mindset that I'm talking about. And I know you're talking about everything works when you're welcomed into a conversation. Mm -hmm. And so when, if you're trying, if you're, if you're looking at this and you are not smart enough to already be a client of Priscilla's, right. If you're looking and you're trying to figure out how does this work? Let me ask you this. Just imagine if you could have a sales forecast full of real human beings that you know, at some point are gonna buy your product or service, hopefully from you, mm-hmm. real companies. And, and your focus, instead of forcing a conversation being that guy, it's kind of like the construction worker sitting down, having lunch, whistling at the girl, expecting you to get a
0: date.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, generally not productive. And that's the same thing if you endlessly spam emails or DMs, mm-hmm. because you're just like that guy.
0: Yeah, and they'd say, but I whistled.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> what? Why did I get arrested? <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> okay, that's even further. That's even further. Well, that's funny. Okay, I'm going to give you this one. This is a personalism. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The one I use all the time is also what we're kind of bringing that little piece together of the numbers game and the visibility is that we also know, and you, you, you hit on it just a tiny bit there about you understand like the, the ripple effect. But also, I always say that you don't sell to your network, you sell through your network, right? And so this idea of if you take care, and our good friend Adam Gray always uses this phrase, which I love, and it's a duty of care. It's like if you if they are your followers if you are using technology that social media to you know to harness like this audience right then now you owe it to them to take care of them right there's some duty here like I can't just like you know bark at them and you know it, emotionally you know uh, barf on them and you know and, and and send sales pitches that just drive them crazy you know I'm, they're going to turn that off but this duty of care means that you know, I want to, I I want to very much consider that ideal client and how can I help them? And that's what is, takes the focus off of me and saying, I'm great. I have this, I have this, my company started, whatever. No, it's like, who are you and how can I help you? What is, what is one of your most persistent problems? And what's a newly emerging problem that I might be able to weigh in on? Like, could I help you? And leading with that help is so much better, um, you know, in terms of getting those numbers, which then inform the forecasting.
1: So did you know there's a children's story about that? No. What is it? The goose that laid the golden egg.
0: Oh, yes. I love this.
1: <laughs> right, and That's that's how that's that concept of selling through your network. Mm-hmm. Like, you never successful in referrals if you try and close everyone you meet. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you know, When you're looking at a referral process, the person giving you the referral has the most at risk. Like you as a salesperson have the least amount of risk. The client, potential client has the second highest, but it's really the goose that's giving you this opportunity. And so I encourage people when they're looking at their network on or offline, it's the goose that lays the golden eggs. Don't kill the goose. Love right. it! I love it. Take care of it. Yeah. So that every morning you get a golden egg.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I love this. I love this. Okay, I want to give you this quote I heard from Guy Kawasaki. He said that social media is God's gift to entrepreneurs. Yes. <laughs> and you mentioned this in the earlier part that you know in no time has the one professional individual been given such a tool and access to so many people directly once upon a time we had to go to Madison Avenue and pay a bunch of money in order to get our ad somewhere now we just go out to LinkedIn here's my stuff you know here's hocking my wares and hang a shingle without any without any um, friction right and so then it becomes this is a powerful digital tool that we have. But being digitally transformed is how measured by how well we integrate our online and offline efforts and how we integrate them for effect. Is this what Mike would say?
1: Hashtag strategy. (laughs) Right? I I would just say that like here's one way to look at what, what Priscilla just shared with you guys, which is so incredibly important. Financial advisors now are able to trade financial instruments from their home and so are individuals. But before that, it's very much the Madison Avenue thing. Before that it was just the big brokerages, the Merrill Lynch's the Morgan Stanley's. And they had a, they had a monopoly on how you go to market. Well, what was the negative effect of everyone being able to trade directly? Mm, yeah. Ooh. Lots and lots of mistakes. And yes. so I would encourage people that there is A huge place for organizations like Little Bird Marketing, people like Priscilla, that can not only show you how to be social, but they can also pull back the curtain, Wizard of Oz. They can pull back the curtain and show you how to leverage professional marketing for effect for Hmm. you. Like you, you, you can buy Facebook ads all on your own and Facebook loves that. I'm just not sure you should until you talk to somebody like Priscilla okay. to make sure that what you want to say gets, like, if you're going to do advertising for God's sakes, work with a professional so that it actually gets to your people. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: no, a hundred percent. Okay. Mike, you and I could talk forever. We are so like-minded and of course we love each other's posts. So, so. So let's just keep being human. But in fairness, you've given up so much time for my audience and really helped them understand. I think something that that people almost are afraid to admit they don't understand. And so I, I love that we just talked just so plainly about how you actually make a win here digitally. But you do work with a lot of small businesses and you work with financial planners. You mentioned that that's one of your specialties. So how can people reach you um, and what, what's your preferred way for them to get to you?
1: So this is probably an I love social. no surprise so my preferred way to interact with people is is on LinkedIn is on LinkedIn but soon I in about three or four weeks I'm going to be launching a private community around this integrating on and offline called the values-based mindset experience so connect with me on LinkedIn so that you can find out about how to be a part of a community like the way I talk
0: Okay. Well, with a name like Mike Garrison, there's too many of them out there. So please go to my show notes and get his LinkedIn link so that you can get to the right Mike Garrison, because trust me, you're going to want to get to the right one.
1: If the headline headline doesn't start special needs parent, it's not me. It's not Mike Garrison.
0: (laughs) I love it. Mike, thank you so much. But before you go, one other favor to you. Tell me about the book that you wrote and where people can get that.
1: So I co-wrote this book with Ivan Miser and Mike Macedonia. It's called Truth or Delusion, Busting Networking's Biggest Myths. And so you can get it at Amazon
0: awesome awesome well as you can see he knows what he's talking about he actually wrote the book on it so <laughs> go check that out and also visit Mike at uh, on LinkedIn and be sure to try and stump him with some question because he he is an expert and he's good for it so he will definitely give you the time of day Mike thank you so much for coming on digital transformation success I really appreciate your time
1: I was honored.